Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Home in My House Coat, and I'm your host, Caroline Zatina. And today I have with me one of my favorite people. I am here with Dr. Tom Grace. Dr. Grace, welcome. Hey, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. So, um, so Dr. Grace is a plastic surgeon in the Catonsville, Maryland area. Um, he went to University of Maryland Medical School and did his general surgery residency there and then did a plastic surgery fellowship at Medical College of Virginia. And so, yeah, thanks for coming on. Again, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talk about whatever you want to, any topics. You know me, I love to talk. Not quite as much <laughs> as you, but I still yeah. like talking. So this is a fun little follow-up because last week I had Dr. Corenti on speaking about dermatology, and we talked about Botox and fillers. And um, so then I ran to my Botox guy, which is Dr. Grace right here. And um, he also, he's my plastics guy, so he does other stuff too. But, um, but today we're kind of going to concentrate on Botox and fillers because, you know, I think this is like just everybody kind of my generation is starting to get into this or they have already gotten into it or they're thinking about getting into it. And there's so much that's just so important to take into consideration and um, make sure you have the right person. And so last week we were kind of talking about the importance of making sure somebody is board certified because there's these medied spas all over the place popping up. Dentist offices are doing it. Um, I just got my hair done somewhere and they bring somebody in that does Botox. And so, you know, we kind of started talking about board certification, um, board certified physicians last week, but continue, like, let us know, what does that even mean? Yeah, so I think this is really important and and the trouble is, it always sounds self-serving when you talk about board certification because it implies, I don't want to see dentists do Botox. That's just not true. I think any physician you go to, it's okay to ask, are you board certified? I think younger people today pretty much do their research. They go online and they look. But I don't get asked once a year, am I board certified? Now, I'm older. I got the gray hair. I think people know who I am, but I can't stress enough. I think you need to be board certified, not just for Botox, not just for injectables, but I think as a general rule, when you see any physician, you're entitled to know that. Board certification means that you've not just done the residency, not just gone to medical school, not just done the fellowship, but that you also passed a series of tests that your society puts out there to make sure you can do what you say you can do. Too many times we go to a GYN surgeon and we have liposuction done. That GYN surgeon never learned to do liposuction in a residency. They went and took a weekend course, now they wanna do liposuction and they hurt more people than they help. Yeah. With Botox, these metaspas will advertise that they have a physician. No, they have a physician that overlooks the practice. You never see the physician. You don't know that they've reviewed your records. You don't know that they know anything about you while a nurse or a technician injects the stuff. I just don't think that's the way to do it. In my office, I have my nurses. They really don't do any of the lipos. They don't do any of the injectables, any of the Botox, although many of them are capable of doing that. I'm still the one that actually injects it. They get it ready. We have no comp. We have very few complications, if any, 
And it just, it's the right way of doing things. Mm -hmm. I can't stress that enough. Even before we start talking about the Botox and the fillers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, and I agree. I, I have gone to several places and without a doubt, I, I, you know, yours is the place I'm always going to run back to because I, I just, I feel, you know, I've, I've seen the results and, um, you know, I, talking about people doing their research, I did not do d- enough research one time and I got myself in quite some trouble. And, um, so yeah, I think, you know, and the, your approach is a very natural looking approach, which I'm very grateful for. Cause I think we all kind of can get in our heads that it may look, you know, totally frozen or you might have, you know, not be even, um, I'm extremely just, I, I'm always very pleased and my friends are also very pleased at the work you do. So, okay. So, um, one thing I want to talk about is like where you can get Botox because I'm hearing you can get it just kind of pretty much head to toe. And I've really only gotten it on my face so far, um, between the eyes, forehead. And, um, but I know a lot of people that are getting it on their cheeks and in their, uh, their neck, chest. I mean, I've even heard about, you know, people getting it on their rear end. So where do people get it? Where does it make sense? Where is a good investment? Tell us about that. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about Botox. When people come to my office, they got to get the five-minute commercial. The five-minute commercial means that people need to explain, understand, and me explain to them what Botox is. So I always say Botox is the stuff in the rusty nail that stills kill people, that still kills people in our country. About 100 people a year die of Botox toxicity. Now, it's not really Botox toxicity. You step on the rusty nail, the bacteria make the product, the product accumulates in us, it paralyzes our muscle, and we can't really breathe anymore. And that's why people die of botulinum toxin. Mm. So we've been able to purify this product we make it ourselves, bacteria make it, we take small bits of it, and we inject it for cosmetic reasons. Now, what plastic surgeons love about Botox is there's now a 25-year track record of using Botox for non-cosmetic issues. So in the old days, when people had spasticity problems, you could inject it into the muscle. So the poor little kids that are spasticity in their elbows and they can't move, you can inject those kids. It started out with the ophthalmologist injecting it when the young kids had lazy eye, trying to get the other eye to come back. So we've taken something that we've used for reconstructive purposes, we've demonstrated a great safety profile on it, and now we take it and use it for cosmetic reasons. 10 or 12 years ago, the FDA came out with a study and the study showed that women less than 50 had the best results, women 50 to 64 had good results, women over 64, 65 had pretty good results. And that kind of makes sense if you think about it because we're paralyzing the muscle. In that study, the FDA gave us approval to use it on the forehead. So those those 11s that we have, the ugly up and down lines that some young people have, that's what Botox has been approved for. Everybody puts it a little bit around the eyes for the crow's feet because we've, we've even though it may be considered off-label, that's enough of the forehead that it really isn't a problem. Everything else cosmetically is off-label. So I will use it occasionally 
in the neck muscle for people that had bad platysma bands. Mm. Those muscles you have there, I'll use a little bit there. I'll use it once in a while for bad smoker lines, mm. but there's so many muscles there, I don't like to put it in that area because a little bit of leaching, a little bit of, of the stuff disseminating, you may cause some significant asymmetries. Mm. So in my practice, most of it is the 11s, the forehead, and the crow's feet. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, it's being used all over the body for reconstructive purposes. Older ladies with spastic bladders are getting injected into their bladder. Mm. People are injecting in, into the trachea now for some of the some of the issues with trachea issues wow. after surgery. So it really is being used everywhere. Um, it's a it's a huge drug for migraines. Mm. Um, I don't do any of that, but it, it's a huge it's a huge drug for that. And a lot of the people that get the you know, the clamping of the teeth at night, oh, yeah. they're, they're using it for that as well. Oh, I grind my teeth, so next visit. Next right? visit. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> um, so, but I've also heard of people getting it in their chest and their bo their bottom. Is that true or no? Again. Lifting? Like, no? Or I don't not know. Not much lifting there, but sometimes for spasticity problems. Mm. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm a big fan of Botox. I love it. I, you know, I think it's great results. And if you haven't tried it yet, it isn't just like, you know, I think everybody's gotten so used to thinking and, you know, in movies, they just make it so um, drastic that like you can't make expressions. You absolutely can. And it looks, you know, if it's done right, you look very natural. See, I think. see, see, I think that's the key. I, I think the I, I tell my patients the beauty of Botox is of all the things that I do, it's Nothing else that I do, do I get the phone call five or six days later? I can't believe the difference for the little bit of money, relatively speaking, mm -hmm. that the Botox costs. So if you put too much Botox, you take away all the expressions, it doesn't look normal. Mm -hmm. It's really how you inject it and what the patient doesn't like that really makes the difference. Too much Botox is not good the right amount of Botox is great. Mm -hmm. It's the same with filler. I always tell my patients, I'd rather give you not enough filler than too much filler because too much filler looks like you're done as opposed to having a nice little bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. so, I, so, so two weeks ago, I was just telling Dr. Grace this, I was, um, I was at a bar with my friend and, you know, we're just people watching and everything. And I noticed somebody that clearly had had some lip injections. And I just, you know what, like you do what makes you feel comfortable. And if you feel great, you know, that whatever. But like I had never experienced filler myself. And I, um, you know, it was just kind of a noticeable thing. And I, that's kind of always what I thought filler was. Like you, it's a noticeable difference and, you know, in plumpness and just I didn't know anything about it. But when I went to Dr. Grace last week, I inquired about something called a lip flip, which is, it inspired me enough that I wanted to inquire about getting a little plumpness in my lips. And I asked about a lip flip, which is Botox in your lips. And um, next thing I know, there was a, what is it? Syringe a, syringe. Of, a syringe of Juvederm right. get going in my lips. And so um, I got to tell you, the second I looked in the mirror, I, I felt like a new woman. And I think it looks very natural. I'm very pleased with my new lips. Um, and it'll last, how many months? It lasts several months. Juvederm mm. will last at least a year. Mm. Um, the company for some of the products can advertise 18 months. Mm. But it, it really is a very good product. And again, it's 
your lips look natural, they don't look like they're done. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. And, and I tell people, if you like it, wait three months. We can always inject a little bit more, but just take what you get for the first tube, mm -hmm. put a little bit less in, and you could have a good result. It, let's talk about fillers for a minute. So the first fillers in my generation were collagen. Um, I never liked collagen. It only lasted about six weeks. 4% of people had reactions to it. And, and I was never a big collagen injector. I tried other things, but you know, 15, 18 years ago, hyaluronic acid came out. Oh, yeah. um, I, we could talk about Juvederm, Perlane, they're all hyaluronic acid products. Wow. So those are the kind of products you want. We all have hyaluronic acid in us. Your hyaluronic acid, my hyaluronic acid is the same. There's just no reactions to it. Um, the early stuff had some minor cysts. It just wasn't purified enough. Our FDA did the right thing. It was approved in Europe three or four years before it was approved here because of those purification issues. Once it got here, it was really a very good product. It lasts, it's safe, it's effective, it does exactly what you want it to do. But again, you wanna put a little bit less. I do a lot of the nasolabial lines, I do a lot of the marionettes lines below the mouth, and I do a lot of the lips. Um, for the older folks, when I do Botox in, in the, um, the 11s, I sometimes will add a little bit because you get to the age where Botox won't make that go away by themselves. There are other fillers that you can use um, for the cheekbones. They're a little bit different, but it's the same concept. Make the cheekbones a little prominent. I don't like to use fillers where people get a little bit of cheek hollowing out because you need so much filler, it's almost expensive as a facelift. Botox, my average Botox patient is probably about $500, a little bit more, a little bit less. A tube of filler, which is not a lot, costs about $750. So if you start putting three and four tubes in people's faces, and it's only gonna last a year, then I think you need to think about a facelift there mm. and not waste your money on fillers. Thank you. Um, I, I absolutely love filler. And I, I, I can't get over how natural it looks. Okay, so where, because I, I don't even know exactly where people are getting Botox and filler. Like I know, you know, for me, it's like filler in lips and then forehead around my eye and everything area, um, the Botox. But like, how do you know where to put what and... Caroline, you, you, you know me enough to mm -hmm. know that, like I always say to people, what bothers you? Mm -hmm. So again, 95% of my Botox patients are the 11s, mm -hmm. the forehead, and the crow's feet. Okay. I, that's the majority of my, of my Botox people. And you and you can't put filler like under the eye or anything like that, can, or can you? You can, you can. I'll, I'll get to that. So the, the, I put a little bit of the filler in that air, the, the lower part of the 11s. Mm -hmm. the, the way filler lasts longer is to cross-link it so our body can't get rid of it. Mm. The trouble with that, it makes it a little bit firmer. So the area under the eyes is the hardest spot. Mm. You, you gotta put it below the cheekbone. So when I do eyes, a lot of times I'll do a deeper filler to make the cheekbones a little bit more prominent 
to make some of those lines go away. Mm -hmm. I have more problems around the eyelids trying to put thin filler in. It doesn't last as long as people want, and it just doesn't come out as nice. So mm -hmm. I'd rather use a little bit of Botox around the eyes okay. and not use as much filler. The Botox, we didn't talk about Botox lasting. It takes about three to five days for Botox to kick in, and it, it lasts about six months. So if you want Botox, one of my beauties of Botox, I tell people, is you can play with it. So all my first-time Botox people have to come see me a week later. I make nice little notes how we inject it, and if I need to adjust it, I can adjust it a little bit. The, the other thing I say to people, because you know I, I made the comments about $500. I know that's not cheap. Botox lasts about six months. I have two groups of patients. The first group comes every six months because they want to maintain that look. The other group of people come a little bit longer, and I tell them, you know, if it's September 15th, wait to November 1st with Thanksgiving and the holidays coming mm -hmm. around. If it's your 50th anniversary, your 40th anniversary, it's 10th anniversary, wait a little bit longer because it just doesn't stop overnight. Mm -hmm. The difference just gradually goes away. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice way to make the cost last a little bit longer. Yeah. The fillers, the same way, you know, I, you commented about the person you saw at, at the bar. The, the area that I see over-injected the most are the lips. People's lips don't look natural. You see it all the time in the mall, walking out to dinner. People just have those thick upper lips. It's from too much filler injected. It takes away the natural look. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to get rid of because it takes a year to 18 months to go away. And then it just dissolves on its own. It dissolves on its own. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I always thought I, if, if somebody had filler, it would be a very visible thing. That's kind of just what I had in my head. But um, no, nah, not the case. I, I don't a think subtle you, approach. Yes, I'm very pleased. I don't think you could tell. Besides me talking about it nonstop, I don't think, you know, people would be able to notice that there are, you know, there's fillers in my life. People would say, you lost five pounds. Mm -hmm. Is that a different kind of um, hairdo or yeah. something? They wouldn't notice. Yes, the Botox I carry my. I, I'm getting a big head. Okay, <laughs> I think people might have had it with it, my attitude already. It, it's always <laughs> funny. The ladies will tell me their husbands didn't notice anything different, but the girlfriend said something's different. What did you do? <laughs> you know. Yes. That's that's the common comment. I hear it. I am. Um, yeah. No. I. I. It definitely. And this is the thing. I think. Um. And I was talking with Dr. Grace's wife, Mrs. Grace, and we were talking about it. And just the one thing is. I think especially like my friends and I, because we're at the age where you're starting to notice the wrinkles and it's kind of hard, you know, when you start noticing the wrinkles around your eyes and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, you do start, that's, you start to feel your age and everything. And I think there's nothing wrong with doing these things just to feel good. It does feel good. And I, you know, whatever, you know, if you want to go buy shoes, you want to buy something for your house or whatever. Or like a gym all, membership. Yeah, get a gym membership. Get a Peloton. Thing. Get a Peloton. Right. Um, You're doing it for the same Yeah, reason. whatever makes you feel good. But I just think, you know, sometimes people feel like this is wrong or I don't know. And and it's, it's just whatever makes you feel good. But I can tell you, I do carry myself differently and I, I you know it does feel good and I'm a big fan and I just I, I'm a big I, I, I love it so um, I love talking about these things and also I think it's very fascinating how Botox started you know to help with children with the muscles and 
correcting lazy eyes and I just I think it's it's very fascinating to know how these started and where it's come and yeah how far it's come so many things in plastic surgery we've taken from reconstructive and put it into the cosmetic world mm -hmm. that's one of the really fun things about plastic mm -hmm. surgery and Botox is a good example I love I mean I just love everything about plastic surgery so you, this is the first of many episodes coming because there's just I mean there's just way too much to talk about um, Each topic's a half an hour. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I'm like me, like taking notes myself for like what I want to get done next. Um, okay, so I think one thing that kind of, uh, this was my mom's idea because we were throwing around ideas for this. She, what she wanted to know is, you know, you've been doing this since the 90s. And so there's been so many changes and, you know, like Botox since then and everything. Um, what was the most common procedure you were doing back then versus now? And, you know, how how are people adapting to it? Like, do, is everyone, I don't know, just talk about then versus now. So, so I, I, I'm going to frame the question a little bit differently. Um, today's patient wants as much as you can do with as little downtime as possible. True, yes. Okay, so in the old days, when I would laser somebody's face, we would burn your whole face. You'd be three weeks getting better, but you'd have a really nice result. Nobody's going to stand for that anymore. People today want a laser that in two or three days, they're back to normal. Or they want a laser that you can't even tell you had it done, and then three weeks later, you look better. What kind of laser was three weeks recovery? It, it was at a, we, we called it an ablative laser, where we would burn the top layer. Wow. And then we would make the collagen would be younger, the skin would look better. Nobody stands for that yeah. today. Today, you know, they want, you know, they want the weekend laser where yes. three days later your face is peeled and you're looking better. Yes, we've all been locked inside for a year. We got to get out. That, that's <laughs> right. You know, it, just like in general surgery, when I was a resident, we did a gallbladder making a big incision. Now we use, you know, the endoscope mm -hmm. or the robot where people go home the same day. Plastic surgery has the same issues. It's a little bit different with us, though, because I'm taking skin off. I can't do that with a robot. I can't mm -hmm. do that. People still need some big incisions. The, another interesting thing is when I started, ladies that wanted breast reductions, they were in their 50s, 60s. Mm -hmm. Your generation isn't waiting. No, I got a reduction. 60, right. Guilty. Right. The young girls, you know, are having reductions done 18, 19, 20 mm -hmm. years old. They're not waiting. They don't care about the scars. They don't care about the downside. Mm -hmm. I, I coached a lot of girls in basketball, and some of my girls also played softball, and they'd come see me for a reduction. They said, Dr. Tom, you don't understand. I got three bras on. I'm rounding second base. I'm getting smacked with my booze in my face mm -hmm. constantly. So that's another big difference. That is about you never told me that, but that was the same thing for me. I was wearing three bras. Three sports bras, and I remember it was my senior year of high school because I was on the golf team. I was on varsity golf. Now I say that there was no JV team, there were no cuts, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Okay, I needed to send the Titleist flying, and I really I couldn't swing a golf right, club. Right. So um, I just decided, you know, and I couldn't stand up straight, and it just was like, enough is enough. Right. I don't know how Dolly Parton does it, but God right. bless her. Right. So so you know that's the thing that's changing that that people are more comfortable 
getting cosmetic surgery at a younger age. People are pushing us as plastic surgeons to do more with less. In the old days, every facelift I did was the old time facelift. Today, three quarters of my facelifts are in the office with local anesthesia and maybe a Valium. You know, half of my blepharoplasties, maybe a third of my blepharoplasties are in the office with local anesthesia. People just want to do, again, they want to have more with less. They'd rather the facelift maybe not last 15 years, but they're back to work in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Again, more with less. They don't want to give us the downtime. Yeah. They're pushing us to find more uses of laser, again, with little downtime. Um, in, in the old days, the, um, the number of, of, of injectables we did was hardly none. Because collagen wasn't any good. We didn't have Botox. Now you look at the numbers. You know, in the old days, liposuction and breast augmentation were still two of the most popular. They're still very popular. Mm -hmm. But the injectables, the Botox, the laser procedures mm -hmm. are, are just going crazy. Yeah. Um, unless you're in bigger cities, in my practice, um, the girls, the ladies that want implants, they, they don't want quite as big an implant as they used to. Mm -hmm. They want, you know, a, still want an implant, but they want a little bit less than in the old days. Mm -hmm. I think that's because of lifestyle and exercise and working out. Yeah. So things clearly have changed, but I think they've changed for the better. They make us, again, like everybody else, try to do more with less. Yes. Quicker recovery times, back to work. It's been interesting with covid we couldn't do things for a long time, but I'm getting inundated with people. Dr. Grace, I want to get this done. I'm going back to work in the fall. Mm -hmm. I got to get it done. Yeah, now. yeah. Because they can work from home yes. with a lot of yes. these procedures. Yes, I know. But if they were, can't oh. work from, you know, from the office. Yeah, if there was ever a time to do stuff, the second you open back up, because everyone was still working from home. Mm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I got to, while I do have a working from home job, I got to see you for a couple more things. Just a couple more <laughs> Um, well, I, this is fascinating. So, this, so we're going to get down the road. We're going to get into the different types of, you know, surgeries that we know are plastic surgeries. We know implants, lifts, reductions, tummy tucks, liposuction, facelift, eyelids. Um, I mean, there's just so much. But, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time yeah. one week about implants. Yeah. There's a lot of things about implants that people really should know. And I told you, I, I want to talk about the, um, yeah, the, the plastic surgical vacation, the itinerant yes. plastic surgery because we're seeing so many complications. We've had a bunch of people admitted to our hospital who have been in Mexico, Dominican Republic, Miami, which is serious consequences and complications of having cosmetic surgery and had nobody to take care of them. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about all of it. And, and I think because a lot of my friends that are interested in things, it's like, you know, what is the, what cost are we looking at? What ballpark and a recovery time? When can I pick up my kids again? That kind of thing. So, so this is just the start. I am so honored to have you. Thank you, Dr. Grace. What a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank my you. Pleasure. All right. And to all the listeners, thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thanks for having me again. Okay. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, Please like, comment, subscribe, and I would be forever grateful. If you didn't like it, DM me. Let's talk about it. Again, thank you so much. Stay tuned for the next episode. In the meantime, if you need me, you can find me at home in my house coat. Thanks. Bye.